Don't think for a moment I never felt the pain You can't imagine The hurt nor the shame They put the nails through my hands Pierce my side, please understand It wasn't easy But it was worth it It wasn't easy It wasn't easy It wasn't easy But it was worth it It wasn't easy It wasn't easy It wasn't easy But it was worth it I didn't have to do it I did it anyway Cause I really love you So much I took your place And I for your sins Yes, I'm the one Don't take it lightly What I've done It wasn't easy But it was worth it It was It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. It wasn't easy, it was not easy. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. I left my throne to carry the cross, shed innocent blood. I paid the cost. Wasn't easy. No, wasn't easy. Wasn't easy.
Good morning. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it, amen? Beautiful day out there today. I'll try and not hold you long. The subject today is titled, There Are Two Options to Choose from This Life, and Each Has Its Own Destination. But first, a story about a pecan tree. On the outskirts of a small town, there was a big old pecan tree just inside the cemetery fence. And so it goes, there were no better pecans anywhere to be found than that big old tree in the cemetery near the fence. One day, two boys went and decided to gather up all the pecans that had fallen to the ground. And so they got a big bucket and they went and they filled every pecan on the ground in that bucket and then they went behind the big old pecan tree and they sat down out of sight. Well, they started in. One for you, one for me. One for you, one for me. Well, about that time, another youngster came riding on his bike. As he was passing the cemetery, he thought he heard voices. So he pulled up and he went over by the fence. And then all of a sudden, his expression just illuminated. He jumped on his bike and he sped down the road. Well, upcoming on the road was an elderly gentleman with a cane hobbling as he went. And the young man skidded to a stop and said, Sir, you need to come with me. You need to come to the cemetery because Satan and the Lord are there. And they're dividing the souls. <laughs> and he said, kid, I can barely move. Get away from me. But the kid was insistent. And so finally, reluctantly, the old gentleman went along with him. And as they approached the cemetery gate and the big old pecan tree, there were the voices. One for you. One for me. One for you, one for me. And the old man's eyes got big and he said, Kid, you weren't lying. That is the Lord. Come on, let's see if we can get a glimpse of him. So they went right up to that fence and they grabbed that fence and they peered and they strained and they looked through trying to get a glimpse of the Lord. And then you heard the voices again say, One for you, one for me. That's it. Now, let's go down by the fence and gather the other nuts. <laughs> they say the old gentleman beat the kid back to town on the bike by five minutes. As 
they say, a little levity is good for the soul. <laughs> Let's just take a moment and pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you this morning for your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we acknowledge, Lord, that you are the creator. You have created everything, including the pecan trees, and especially man, and you delight in him. And Lord, we just ask now as we look at your word, and as we follow the scriptures this morning, that you would direct what it is we do here today. And we pray if there's anyone here who has not yet discovered how much you love them, how much you want to give them eternal life, we would pray for them today. We would pray that they would see, they would understand, and they would desire a life with you a life that is filled with goodness and peace and joy. And we pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you turn with me this morning to the second letter of Thessalonians, chapter 1, we will start reading in verse 8. We're going to do two verses today, two scriptures and they will, I'm sure, be of great contrast to you. The second book of Thessalonians, chapter 1, starting in verse 8. Dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. And then if you would help, turn with me to the book of Colossians. It's a little before that. A couple of books. Chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Again, the book of Colossians. Just a couple of books in front of Second Thessalonians. And again, we'll start in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Going back to the opening, there are two options to choose in this life, and each has its own destination, and we've read about each destination. Why are there only two options? Because what we're going to discuss today is the thing that's really, really important in this world. As busy as we are and as preoccupied we, as we are and have lives that we lead, there really is only two things that are really important. And it's based on Romans 5, verse 12. 
Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, that would have been Adam, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. The reason is because we are sinners. We are sinners in our state. Some of us have come to know Christ, and therefore we're still sinners, but we're sinners saved by grace. Amen? When God created man, he gave him four parts. Physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Now, usually one of those will dominate each and every person. It is a spiritual man that options for life are found. It is not in the first three, but it is in the spiritual that these two options are found. The creation of this world and of man was done so he, that is man, could discover and find Jesus Christ through spiritual life. Physical, mental, and emotional, and emotions, excuse me, are the only, they're only the vehicle for this journey. But faith is found in the spiritual realm only. Ironically, in the case of mankind, seldom has man ever preoccupied himself with the spiritual. It's usually one of the others. Today, the physical is so predominant in our society. We are looking for a healthy lifestyle, diet, is preached, exercise, beauty and fashion, memberships to the finest facilities to do just that, sports, videos and TV shows in abundance to take care of the physical. We see it everywhere. Now, in themselves, all of these are fine. But it's when someone obsesses with them that they become a slave to it. And it can be any one of these or a combination thereof that preoccupy them to such a degree that they never think about the spiritual. In the case of mental, there is a normal and natural um, progression through School, learning, education, that's very normal. Many go beyond high school, they go to college. Some learn a profession through using their mental abilities or even a trade. We read, usually most of us, we read daily, if not within our work, at home for Christians. There's a lot of Bibles, publications that we may read, but the world in general, there's magazines, there's many, many things to preoccupy and be involved in. Most good, some very bad. And it is those that can hold people captive. Emotions, well, there's an area 
that can be a real blessing in our life or a real curse. It depends what emotions are reigning in our life. The emotions can either be peaceful or stressful. There are those who will use their emotions to be peacemakers, and there are those who will be argumentative. There are those who will be happy, and there are those who are angry. There is gladness, and there is depression, and many are held captive by its evil grip. There are those who are joyful, and those who are bitter. Thankful and unthankful. Truthful or malicious gossips. Generous or selfish. Goodness or evil. Holy or unholy. As the saying says once, this is a realm that's, that reigns in the areas of emotion. We all have pain at one time or, do, or other, don't we? It happens to us. We're involved in pain. It affects our emotions. I love the quote, pain is inevitable. Misery is optional. It explains a lot. And unfortunately, any one or more of these three physical, mental, emotional, can and do sadly so often interfere with the spiritual. What are the two spiritual options that we want to talk about this morning? There's two camps, if we can phrase it that way. There's the camp of the devil. Everything wicked, everything evil, everything destructive, everything crippling, everything negative. And then there's a Lord's camp that's put very well in Scripture. And I love this one, as I'm sure many of you do. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 30. Come to me, all ye weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Such a blessing. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. That is the Lord's camp. One of the finest things anyone can experience in life is forgiveness. It has such a refreshing, such a cleansing, such a joyful experience 
for the person. We've all been in situations, most of us, if not all of us, where we have erred. And when we see the error of our ways, we go back to the person, we ask their forgiveness. To digress a moment, it isn't like so much that has been developed in the last couple of generations that you hear so often from the youth, nothing against our youth, the term, sorry about that. Being sorry about that can mean they realize what they've done and at the least, like I could really care less about it, but I'll say it. So it really has no effect. But when you go a step further as taught through the scriptures and through a life in Christ, will you forgive me with a heart that's sincere and a spirit that is humbled and you hear the words, yes, I forgive you. It's simply an awesome thing. It's it's a refreshing, it's, it's a restoration, it's a restoring in a relationship. And there is no better than being restored to our creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing else compares. So in our life, we have to decide. Sooner or later in our life, a decision will be made. There is no more stark comparison than these two options, though. The first option is death, hell, and eternal destruction. There's no easy way to say that. The Lord says in Matthew 7:21 through 23, please don't bother to turn, just listen. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who, dwells the, he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, that day being the day of judgment, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And did we not cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? And I will declare to them, that is Jesus talking, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There are no more sobering words ever than these words. Because you have heard from him who created you. And that is the end. Only the abyss is left. Matthew chapter 8 verse 12 says, But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into utter darkness, in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the first option. The second option is forgiveness, joy, and eternal life. Joshua, I love this statement. He says, choose this day whom you will serve. 
But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I love that. John 3.36, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. What a contrast. A quote about eternal life, about heaven. One tear, one sigh, one fear, one loss, one thought of trouble cannot find lodging in heaven. One tear, one sigh, one fear, one loss, one thought of trouble cannot find lodging in heaven. None, nothing but joy, but peace and eternal life. The question to ask ourselves this morning, what destination are we headed for? Because we're headed for one or the other. One destination, hell. Second Peter 2.19 Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. You don't know him? You haven't accepted him? You haven't turned your life over to him? You will not escape judgment. A quote which I've shared before but is so apropos by Billy Graham. The rich young ruler in his famous interview with Christ asked the right question. Asked the right person. Received the right answer. Made the wrong choice. Second Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9 again. Dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his power. The part in that scripture that just resounds to me away from his presence. His presence is goodness. His presence is peace. His presence is joy. There's a wonderment of wonderful things that we experience and will experience in the presence of God. When you remove his presence, there is only evil, there is only wickedness, there is only fear, 
There is only anger. There is only torment. And it lasts forever. You see on the shows, you hear people talk. I don't care about that stuff. I'm going to get together with all my buddies and we're going to have a ball in hell. Newsflash. You will see no one in hell because it is darkness. It is pure, absolute darkness. Remember, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you ever had an injury that jolted you that's so painful that you grip your teeth from the pain? That's what the tough guy will experience. That's what the wicked terrorist will experience the moment he blows himself up and destroys other lives, innocent lives. He will immediately experience that and there will be that forever. It doesn't end as there is eternal life for the Christians and the saints from the Old Testament that put their faith and trust in God. There is eternal destruction that never ends. Never ends. And whatever your philosophy or whatever false religion or whatever cult or whatever philosophy or whatever way of life that that person decides to have, well, once they're there, it'll make no difference. If it isn't Christianity and it's pure doctrine with salvation in Jesus Christ through faith, it's hell. And here's the parallel. Why do so many come to Christ but never get salvation. We go back to the first three, the physical, the mental, and the emotions can have an encounter with God's truths without the spiritual. The spiritual is where the transaction by faith is made, not in the physical, not in the emotional, not in the mental. They're vehicles that carry you to the point of decision. So many, over the years, I was reading the other day in Spurgeon discussing how sad it is for him a, decade, a, 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 a century ago with how many professed in Christ that won't be there. Because they made their decision in the mental, they made it in the physical, and in the emotional state, in acknowledging Jesus Christ, but never transferred it to faith in the spiritual, and therefore the transaction never was made. That's why you'll see people in the emotions weep and cry and beg God and physically lament and mentally acknowledge God's truth. Well, remember, the devil acknowledges God's truth. He just refuses to accept it. 
But something in this world prevents them in their hearts and in their desires from accepting the spiritual by faith and completing the transaction. How tragic for them who can spend their life in religious activities and end up in the same place, but they will. They will. And if someone says today, well, I just don't care to choose. In fact, you can't make me choose. Well, newsflash. You automatically default to hell. There isn't a middle area. There isn't a middle ground. The Christians over here and the sinners also saved by grace and the sinners not saved, there is no middle ground. Okay? There have been religions that have taught in the past under the guise of Christianity, well, there's a holding zone. There's a place where you can go and get credit and work things off by what you did in your life. For grace have you been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man could boast. Newsflash, no holding place. It's now or never. So you can spend all your life in religious activity, but if you don't get honest with God, and if you don't decide to make the spiritual your decision place, you will end up in hell. But here's the good news. That was the bad news. But here's the good news. As long as you're breathing, as long as you can hear, as long as you can see, as long as you can remember, remember those are the vehicles that get us to the spiritual, it's never too late. It's never too late to say yes to Jesus. Remember Colossians. It's such a marvelous verse. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. My gosh, it just doesn't get any better than that. A quote. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people that they enter and when they enter they shall find they are neither unknown or unexpected because they had a ticket already purchased for the ride in the old gospel ship. John 14.6 is a marvelous verse of scripture identifying who our God is and what he is. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here is a quote based on that scripture. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without life, there is no living. Let us pray. With eyes closed and heads bowed, I just want to read the words of a song that so speak 
of how wonderful the Christian life is, how wonderful it is to know our God, how wonderful it is to know where you're going to spend eternity. And it goes like this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood, support me in the overwhelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On the Christ, the rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ, the rock, solid rock, I stand. Before I close, is there anyone here this morning that would like me to pray for them? Is there anyone who would like to come to know Christ? Amen. Is there anybody else who would like me to pray for you? To help you? Amen. To go to the spiritual ending place to meet your Savior, to meet the one who created you, to meet the one who loves you and is waiting for you. Anyone else? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for today that we aren't alone in this world. But in this world, we have you. We have eternal salvation through you. We have a hope that will carry us till the day we see you face to face and worship you. Not for a day, not for a month, not for a lifetime, but for eternity. Help us, Lord, to be burdened to pray for those who do not yet know you, who have been deceived by the devil in some or several ways. Those who are blind, let them see. We thank you now in your precious name. Amen.